Rancho Radio. 92.9. We are brought to you this morning by United Plumbing and Heating, TJ's Evergreen Herbal Market, and Pam Harris's Pequail Realty. It is time to find out what is going on in the city of Rio Rancho with our mayor, Greg Hall. Good morning, mayor. Well, good morning, Derek, and good morning, everybody out there. Thanks for joining us on this Sunday morning. And I'll tell you what, I'm getting tired of the heat, but I think maybe we're going to see the end. It's starting to break. Yeah, we had a few days last week that were double digits instead of triple. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. But... uh, you know, that being said, I just want to remind everybody, all the pools are open, so go enjoy the pools. Just, How do you do this? I've noticed driving around, because I got a thermometer in the KDSK van, it's usually two or three degrees cooler in Rio Rancho than it is in Albuquerque. How is that? It's just because we're so cool. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. I imagine it's, we're a little bit higher. Yeah, there's a little bit plateau. difference. I, I think, and, and we don't have the density of the city. You know, you've got more cars asphalt. down there, more yeah. asphalt down there, a lot of other things, buildings. So I imagine that does play a role in it to some degree. Yeah, never and thought then, of uh, uh, Yeah, we've got a lot more open space up here, less total overall asphalt. So anyway. I always wondered why the but, asphalt yeah, was I don't black. know. I'm not a meteorologist. <laughs> <Yeah. so. laughs> but it seemed like if they could make the streets a lighter color, they wouldn't get so hot. But on the other hand, of course, then they'd be reflecting light and you don't want that either. Correct. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's six of one, half dozen of the yeah. other when it comes to fixing roads, which, by the way, I've got some roads updates. We'll talk about those here in just a minute. I just want to breeze over some of yeah. the events. So if, July is, we're coming to the end of July, and we're already talking about wrapping up the events for summer. Exactly. And we're moving into September, October, November. And, uh, man, we're going to be into the winter here pretty soon. So, like I said, the end of the heat is in sight. All right. And it's interesting, too. The city does these events, okay, Parks and Rec or whoever puts them on. They really just make more work for themselves. They don't have to do any of these things. We really don't. But it is nice that we do budget this stuff. We have great people that want to do events in the parks. They want the parks being used. Those are community facilities that if we're not doing something in them, they're just sitting there, right? And we pay to maintain them. We pay for them to be there. And I think one of the things that we have to look at, Derek, is when we hold events, our ultimate goal is to get people to come to the parks so that they can see that we have them. I've got a lot of people that have come to these various different parks and said, I didn't even know these were here. And or I didn't know this park was here. I didn't know that park was there. So it's really a great way for us to introduce all the different green spaces around the city that we have that helps us improve our quality of life across the board. Some of the parks, you're right, are hidden inside of neighborhoods. Obviously, Haynes Park's real visible on 528. Rainbow's right there on Southern. But there are some. Like Riverside over where I am. Yep. You've got Riverside that's kind of tucked in behind the fire station there off of Riverside Drive. You've got Cabazon Park. Yeah. Now, a lot of people know where that is, but it's still tucked in in, into the Cabazon area, right? Right. Right. So you've got that. And uh, up in Northern Meadows, there's a bunch of parks up in there. You've got King Park and Los Montoyas Park, I want to say, and Havasu Park and a few others. So Lazia Park that are up there in Northern Meadows. And then there's some, some parks up in Enchanted Hills as well. And Mariposa, you'd have to go all the way up. Yep. The there's top some to see. parks in Mariposa. Yeah. Exactly. They've got a nice big community park up there just mm-hmm. behind the clubhouse. Yeah. And we host a lot of events up there and Mariposa hosts a lot of events up there. They do a great job. 
that, a beautiful place to do it because of the view from up there. It really is. It really is. So you think about all the different park spaces. So we want to have events. And then, of course, down at City Center, we've got Campus Park. And of we're doing a lot of stuff at Campus Park. But that's like our small town city hall type. I mean, it's a bigger park than that. But it reminds me of like Mayberry. Right. You know, and they're, they're parked in the town square. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what we didn't have at City Center. We didn't have a kind of a town square park. And uh, I got to tour a bunch of people from around the state from a group called Leadership New Mexico. I recently went through their program where it's an organization that takes groups of leaders uh, and community members around the state and introduces you to all the things that are going on around the state. One of the things that I got to do through Leadership New Mexico was tour the Urenco plant down in southeastern New Mexico. Now, do you, do you know what the Urenco plant is? No. See? See, that's one of the few places that refines uranium in the United States for power plants. Okay. Yeah. And that would have And made, that's right here in New Mexico. Yeah, and that, that would make sense since they used to mine so much uranium over in the Grants area. Mm-hmm. Why ship it out of state when we could do it here? Right. And then learning about all the different industries that are going on in the state. And, and it's a really cool introduction to how the economy works in New Mexico and all the different facets and things like that. But anyway, I had a group of them in Rio Rancho this past week and I was able to take them on a tour of city center to show them all the things that are going on. And campus park was one of the spots that we stopped and they were just fascinated with that. When I have other community leaders, other mayors that come in from another community and they want to see what we're doing in Rio Rancho and we show them Campus Park, they go crazy. They're like, oh, that's awesome. That's wonderful. That's amazing. We need a space like this, right? And so Rio Rancho is starting to get some of those really unique attributes that's uh, really helping us become that, as I call that, grown-up city. Yeah. (laughs) Well, the interesting thing about Rio Rancho, too, is our city center, although geographically in the center, compared to where most of the people live is kind of out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. And you know, you've heard me joke around that you got to go out of town to get to downtown, but that's where we believe all the development and growth is going to push toward. And it seems to be, and it seems to be doing that. If you look at the Broadmoor corridor and the way that that's building up right now, and you look at some of the housing developments that are popping up and some of the work that we're doing all over the place. And, and we just, we just have work going on all over the place, but yeah, keeping the parks programmed, we've got a great team. Connie Peterson is our director and we've got so many wonderful people that are dedicating to putting our parks to the highest and best use they can be used for. Yeah, no, and, and she does. I know we've done quite a few events, Park in the Park, and you've got the, as you mentioned, uh, the movies under the stars in the parks and yep. all kinds of And we've events. got three of those coming up. Those are all at Cabazon. And uh, so we've got one that's going to happen on July 28th. We've got another one on August 18th and then another one on September 15th. As soon as the sun goes down, you can go and enjoy the movie there and bring something to eat, kick back, throw down a blanket, bring your folding chairs, bring an umbrella if you want to, kind of hang out, enjoy the movie. And just remember that these are uh, non-alcoholic events, so you can't bring alcohol, non-smoking too, so you can't be smoking in the parks. But other than that, come out, bring the family and enjoy the movies. Once again, the dates on that at Cabazon Park are July 28th. August 18th and September 15th. And you can go out to the city's website and check out the movie listings right there. Yeah, I think E.T. was coming. E.T.'s coming on July 28th. Yeah. Absolutely. And we'll we'll talk about the other ones as they come closer, like, say, August and September. But we have such gorgeous weather here in, in New Mexico that we can run those right up into September. So they put up like an inflatable screen or something? Yes. Is that how they do that? Yes. Yeah. 
an inflatable screen and they've got a video projection unit and some speakers out there. Okay. Yeah. And weather uh, permitting, of course, the way things are going doesn't look like we're going to have much of a monsoon season. No, it really doesn't. But yes, exactly right. Weather permitting, those can cancel right up to the last minute because we don't want anybody to get hurt, obviously. Right. So. Yeah. You don't want to be out there in a thunderstorm. Okay. Exactly. And then reminder uh, that September 4th, Labor Day, we've got New Mexico Philharmonic playing at Campus Park. And September 9th at 10 a.m., we've got Haynes Park. We've got Pooch Plunge coming up. So we want to remind you to please put those all in your calendar. And then, of course, August 20th, that's the big day. Sunday is fun day. Haynes Park, 12 to 4. This includes access to the community center, the swimming pool, all that stuff. So going to be a lot of fun. All the booth spaces are sold. Okay. Well, that's good for us patrons. Absolutely. So now it's just please invite somebody to come out to Sunday is Fun Day. We had a ribbon cutting this past week, so we'll have to circle back to that. We'll have to circle back to that. And it's a new burger joint right over here. Oh, yes. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Upscale burgers. Mm -hmm. So we'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm getting out of line. We're chasing rabbits. But I always like (laughs) new restaurants that I can walk to from here. Yes. That's when you can. I can. Yeah. Yeah. Because now, I mean, from in walking distance from this studio, you've got McDonald's, you've got Burger King, you've got Blake's Slaughter Burger, you've got (laughs) Taco Bell, Taco Bell, you've got now Upscale, you've got El Agave, Mm -hmm. yeah, you've got uh, Hot Tamales right there, and a couple other options, and yeah, you've got Namaste as well, Uh not too far from there. But uh, now you've got uh, upscale burgers. So, but we'll talk about that here in just a minute. But a lot of things going on in the area. New businesses are coming. New businesses are on approach. And the development is not slowing down. So we certainly appreciate all of the people that are investing in the community. But going back to Sunday is Fun Day. Haynes Park, August 20th, 12 p.m. to 4 p.m. It's going to be hot. We're going to have a lot of fun. There'll be a silent auction and the swimming pool will be open and a lot of entertainment and a lot of food. So it should be a great time. It usually is. I know we have fun out there. I always have fun. So that's the recap of all the events. And if you want to know more about the events, we covered them in great detail last week. So go to the podcast, Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho on Spotify. You can find that podcast. It is a free listen And there's a lot more details about all of those events that you can listen to right there. And please, if you do go out and listen to it on Spotify, please feel free to share that out on your social media pages so other people can hear that stuff as well. That'd be great. So moving on real quick, let's just touch base on that ribbon cutting. And then we'll move on to roads updates because we got a lot to cover on roads. I've heard of them. Yes. So the reason you've heard of them is they actually have a restaurant down at Cottonwood. Okay. They, had, they were in the old Johnny Rockets That's location. Right. Okay. Yes. Upscale Burgers. And these are the same folks that are the owners of Lily and Liam's. Oh, okay. okay. That's, That's where I met them. Yeah. And so they've brought an upscale burger up to Rio Rancho. It's right there, right behind Hot Tamales in the Horseshoe Shopping yes. Plaza where El Agave is. Yes. And, and uh, the boot repair place. And, yes. And, uh, yeah. and the cleaners. Yep. Exactly. So they're right there. Congratulations to them and on their third location. I always say this. You must be a glutton for punishment because one restaurant is hard enough to run. Yeah. And you've got three. I frequent Lily and Liam's and they serve amazing food there. If you haven't been to Lily and Liam's, you need to look it up. That's over there uh, next to Pinon Coffee, right next to the Village Inn. So okay. in off, that 528. Little, off, uh, off 528. And then now there's Upscale Burgers here off of Deborah, right behind Hot Tamales. And so give them a try. 
I can tell you right now that they are committed to quality and they do a great job. So if the burgers are nearly as good as what they serve over at Lily and Liam's, you're in for a treat. But I plan to get over there. I'm going to try to get over there hopefully next week to try out some of the burgers. But it's a busy week because I've got a bunch of stuff going on this next week. I I'm, thought you I will just try. did ribbon cuttings and kissing babies. And oh, I wish. Like that. <laughs> Isn't that what mayors do? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yes, uh, kissing babies and cutting ribbons. That's right. Yeah. That's all we do. No, but seriously, yeah, a lot of stuff going on. And obviously with the event schedule that we have, We've got a lot happening in the city, and I just want to encourage everybody to get out there. Remember, that we've opened up the hub up in Enchanted Hills Library and Rec Center, so go up there and check that out as well. Just stuff going on everywhere. Well, let's talk about roads. Okay, that's uh, what everybody wants to know about. <laughs> so let's talk about yeah. roads. What is going on with roads? I'll tell you what. I know there's a lot of roads out there. There's 465 miles. We are working through them as fast as we can whether we're doing the crack patch or the hybrid mill and inlay or the complete repave. In a lot of these projects, we're having to go under the road and replace the water line at the same time. Derek, you and I have talked about this time and time again, that if we're going to repave a road, I do not want to throw good money after bad and put a brand new road over an old water line. That's just a disaster looking for a place to happen, right? So we've been doing this hybrid mill and inlay and we got it started in several areas of the city. As you remember, up in Enchanted Hills, which is District 3, we did McKinsey Drive, and that one looks great. And over in District 4, we did St. Andrews Drive. And what we were looking for here are these long stretches of road that run through the neighborhoods so that you could get the maximum value of your dollar for not having to pick up the machinery and move it from one road to the next, right? You just had this straight shot, go in, rip it up get it done, put the road back down. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so those were some of the reasons behind the choices that not the elected officials made like myself, but really our engineers, the professional engineers that work for the city, they go in, they look at these situations and they decide what roads need to get done and what can be most effectively done in a single shot so that we're getting the highest value for our dollar. And that's what the city council supports. But if you live over in district one, which is over in the neighborhood west of Unser and kind of north of Southern, you get into the kind of Lisbon and Tarpon area. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So right now we've got a lot of work going on over there. And I had some folks ask me what's going on over there. Well, we're, doing what's known as the hybrid mill and inlay, but we're also replacing the pipes underneath those roads because those are some of the oldest pipes that you've seen in the city. And so while we're doing this, we want to make sure that everybody understands. So in that area, right now we're doing Hydra Road. And uh, so Hydra Road goes up in there. And then while we're doing Hydra Road, which is, this is just phase one, we're doing Fiat Court, Mira Court, Innova Court and Orbit Court. So all the little streets go along with Hydra. So that's really covering a whole little area there. We're just getting that knocked out, right? Now, phase two, if you live in that area, there's Matanza Court, there's Algodonas Court, there's Ponderosa Court, there's Bramble Court, there's Estrella Road, and there's Lepus Court, and there's Bravo Court. Wow. Those are all going to get done in phase two of this project. So we've got all that going on in there and we're doing some of the waterline projects and so on and so forth. So a lot of work going on there in district one, and that is in one of the older neighborhoods. I get a lot of calls where it says we're just the forgotten neighborhood. 
there's no neighborhood in Rio Rancho that's forgotten. It's all about we're going into each district and doing a lot of work in each district. There's six districts in the city. We're spread out over 103 square miles. And as you and I have talked about, the people that see work being done up in Enchanted Hills do not see what's going on in Cabazon. Mm-hmm. And the people in Cabazon don't see what's going on in North Hills or Northern Meadows, right? And clearly the folks that are over here in the Lisbon area don't see what's going on in the, say, where May Circle is and Jane Circle in 19th, the original kind of Rio Rancho estates. So you don't see what's going on, but there's a lot of work going on in each of these districts and we're spreading it out and trying to attack it in a way that allows us to efficiently and effectively get the work done. So we've got all of these different projects going on and now another one that's about to tee up, Derek, that I want to touch base on is over in District 6. And once again, I've heard this, that, that it's the forgotten neighborhood. <laughs> and, yeah. and it's No neighborhood is forgotten. I'm telling Everybody you. Everybody thinks their neighborhood is forgotten. Correct. If you haven't and, paved their street. And they're not forgotten. It's just we're trying to figure out how to get there, how to pay for it, and what's the most effective way to do it. Well, one of the roads that we're about to do in District 6, which District 6, you live in District 6. Mm-hmm. And we just did a road in your area oh, yeah. that was Riverside Drive. But you live on the Riverside side. And of course, the folks that live on the Sunt and uh, Rockaway side are like, well, River's Edge always gets everything and we don't get anything. Well, that's not true because we have done Rockaway. We have done Sunt. We have done some roads in that area. And now we're doing a big one. And this is going to be a tough one to get done, but it's Pyrite. Oh, yeah. Pyrite runs stitches through both sides. It starts up where the old Shining Star preschool was. It goes south all the way to Rockaway. And then once it gets to Rockaway, it heads north all the way back up to northern. So that's a big stretch of road through one of the, once again, kind of an older neighborhood. It's a main residential street. I looked at a house on Pyrite. I ended up buying in River's Edge, but I looked at a house there on Pyrite. Yeah. Yeah. So we're doing the whole road there. Good views there too, by the way. Yes. Really good views. Absolutely. And I've got a lot of friends that live on there and they're up on that top hill mm-hmm. as you get up there. Is it crests? Yep. Yeah. There's some great views up there. And so we're getting that repaved. And I know a lot of people are elated that that's going to happen. And in district six as well, part of the geo bond, and this is more for the businesses than it is for the residential areas, but we are about to start quantum, which is also tied to laser and vortex. So we're going to get those roads done as well. So those will be kicking off probably in the next eh, 60 days, I'm going to say. So you've got that going on. And then another big project that's about to queue up is Enchanted Hills Boulevard. Once again, the people that live in the south end of the city don't ever go to Enchanted Hills Boulevard. So they're not going to see this work being done. But there is work being done all over the city. And you've got to stop and go to the city's website at rrnm.gov and look at the different maps for the crack patch, the mill and inlay and the full repaves. All of these maps are on the city's website that shows where we've been and where we're going. And your road might not be on the list yet. It's not because it was forgotten. It's just, we're moving incrementally through all these things. You can bet that now that we're doing pyrite, that we're going to be looking at the other roads in that area. But pyrite is all we have the money for right now. Okay. So I'll probably be last because I'm on a cul-de-sac. It's not a through street that goes anywhere. Well, that's not necessarily true. If we come in and do the street that connects to your cul-de-sac, we may, we may go ahead and do the cul-de-sac. For example, you remember in District 1, I just named yeah. off a whole mm-hmm. bunch of courts. 
Yeah. And those courts I named off because they were attached to Hydra. Mm-hmm. And so we're going in and doing, well, you've got Hydra under repair, going in and shooting in and doing all those little courts. So all those folks are going to have brand new roads here pretty soon. And it's going to make the neighborhoods look a lot nicer. Oh, it does. Yeah. St. Andrews looks great. Now, if I live on Hydra and for some reason I don't listen to the mayor on Sunday mornings on KDSK, am I notified that there's going to be work done to my street? Yeah, absolutely. The streets and right-of-way folks are going to get out there and they're going to leave notices on the door. They'll try to contact you however they can. Mostly they're probably going to go out and do door hangers like what we did. And there's a couple of projects that are underway right now, like spring. That's a big one. Spring going down from Unser down to Chessman. That one has been long overdue. And we're probably going to put Lima, which is right next to it, on the next geo bond cycle. And we're going to be talking more and more about the geo bond cycle as we get closer to this election cycle, which is coming up in March. And we'll talk about some of the issues that will probably be on the ballot. Other than the candidates, we'll talk about the geo bond, the public safety bond and the quality of life bond and what it is that if those get reapproved. How will those impact your taxes and what are we going to use the money for? Right. So we'll talk about those as we get a little bit closer to the election cycle, which will be coming up. But talking about more roads. Yes. In District 2, that includes Northern Meadows, but it also includes some North Hills. And once again, some of the more older areas in that district in the city. And so coming up, uh, coming up very soon, you've got Rebecca Road that's about to be done. But while they're there. While they're not going to do Rebecca Loop, they are going to go run over and do Rebecca Court. So this is... Back to my cul-de-sac. Yeah, yeah, it's like your cul-de-sac. It depends on what they have the money for and what makes the most sense to go in, get it ripped up, get it resurfaced. Does it need water lines under it? Does it need this? Does it need that? Right? So it all really depends. And then in that same district, you're looking at Peach Road that needs to be done, Blackberry Road, Plum Road and Hollyberry, and those are all in that neighborhood that runs along Cherry. There's two roads in there that's not gonna get done, so you've got Peaches on one side, and then you skip a road and go to Blackberry, and you skip a road and go to no. go to Plum. I already can hear the phone calls mm. coming, right? Why but did you skip these? Yeah, why did you skip over those? Well, we didn't have the money to do them all, so we went with the, the ones that were the most contiguous in the way that they came off of and connected to Cherry Road. So Peach connects to Cherry and goes all the way back to Plum. Plum connects to Cherry and goes all the way up to uh, Peach once again. And then Blackberry kind of bisects them right down the middle. So that's there's a reason for it. Yeah. We will be back. Okay. <laughs> so all I can tell the people in that neighborhood is we will be back. We're not leaving. We're not forgetting. We want to get them all done. And once again, I look, Derek, if I could snap my fingers and make all the roads brand new, I'd be a hero. But... I do have to live within the limits of my budget. I have to live within the limits of my resources. Oh, you're not like the federal government then? No, I can't just print the money. <laughs> no. <laughs> we don't have Rio bucks that we yeah. can just pay people with, right? Yeah, we have, to, we have to earn that cash and then spend it very carefully to get the maximum value. And I'm going to tell you, because of all this inflation that's happened over the last several years, the out-of-control prices, the out-of-control gas prices, all of that stuff has had an impact on asphalt costs, oil. Because there's oil and asphalt. There's oil yeah. and asphalt. And you've got 
these machineries and then you've got labor rates that have gone up. So we're not getting nearly the amount of roads for the dollars that we were spending three years ago. I've seen costs increase of up to 50% on some of these wow. bids. When we finally got King done, we had bid King out pre-pandemic which King is a huge project that's going on right now. And it is looking great out there. The roundabouts looks pretty much done. It looks like they're about ready to put in some of the final paving and get the sidewalks. Everything looking, it's King is looking amazing out there. So I just want the folks in Northern Meadows to know that's a $10 million investment into your community. And, and I honestly believe the return on investment there is going to be the fact that businesses will pop up on that corner at King and Unser. And that will be a really good thing for the people in Northern Meadows. Because years and years ago, not me, but people, there were people that were selling houses out there that promised them that there was going to be a grocery store on that corner. Well, that never happened. And the city didn't promise that. That was some of the builders saying, oh yeah, move out here in the middle of nowhere. Don't worry, the services will come to you. Well, there's only 3,600 homes out there. And if you've got an average population per house, of two, you're talking about 7,000 people out there. I had somebody send me an email the other day that said half the population of Rio Rancho lived in Northern Meadows. That is yeah. not true. We're a city of 100,000 people and 3,600 homes out there. Take that times two, that's 70, 7,400 people that live out there. That's not even 10% of the population of Rio Rancho that lives in Northern Meadows. So I don't know where they came up with the number, but they were saying that there were 48,000 people that lived in Northern Meadows and, and there are not. But we do look at the population in an area when we're deciding how to get this infrastructure down, how to get it paid for. And I know nobody's going to like what I have to say if I don't walk up to you and say, I'm repaving your road tomorrow. Right. <laughs> so that's what they want to hear. Yeah. But what has to happen is there has to be a concerted planned effort on how you attack this 460 miles. It's over a $1.5 billion problem. And we're throwing about $20 million a year to it. But I will say this is over the last eight years, nine years with federal contributions, state contributions, geo bond money, and just budget savings in the budget that we've thrown to road repairs. We've done close somewhere between 60 and $80 million worth of road work in Rio Rancho in the last eight years. That's phenomenal. I mean, for our size, that's over an entire budget year of spending. That's like shutting the city down for a year and just spending all the money on a road, on road repair <laughs> and not providing any other service. Trying to think. So what, 400 miles of roads in Rio Rancho? 460, 460. So that's almost from here to Flagstaff if you laid it all out. Straight. Yes. Yes. So think about trying to repave all of that and doing it in one shot. It's not going to happen. So we're going to continue to pick along and get these done. But we've done a lot of work throughout all of these different districts. The old Unit 10, there was some comments that they were the forgotten neighborhood. But I remind everybody, we just, well, it was an Albuquerque project. We did work hard with Albuquerque to get Westside Boulevard done. Right. And one might ask, well, how does that benefit me? Well, it keeps that traffic out of your neighborhood. Yeah. Okay. It keeps it down there. It moves that traffic along the south side of the city. It's easier to go down there on the west side than take 19th now. Correct. Yeah, you can make that left off of 528, get right on there. There's no bottleneck anymore. It's four lanes all the way to, well, all the way out to almost Rainbow now with Los Diamantes yeah. out there. It's four lanes all the way through. And that's an amazing improvement to distributing the traffic out to the arterials. So you pull it off of 528, people are going along west side, 
Those people that want to get off on golf course, they turn on golf course. The people that want to get off on Unser, they turn on Unser. The people that want to go all the way through to Los Diamantes, they go all the way through to Los Diamantes. So this has really become the arterial that we needed it to be to distribute that traffic. Before, people would, if they couldn't make that left on 528, they shot up to 19th. That's what I did. Yeah. And then they'd cut across on 19th. Well, that's slowing down now to some degree. But now that it's paved, you have people speeding through there now. And so the work that we got done there, but then you also look at Jane and May Circle and Grande, Court. We've gotten a lot of the other roads done. Plus, we've done a ton of crack patch in that area. And we've got a lot more scheduled to be crack patched in phase two of the mill and inlay. So we are pushing through these areas. It's going to take some time. 40 years of neglect is what I inherited. And we had to go in and deal with that. And I want to remind everybody, when you see new roads going into these new neighborhoods being built, that's not the city building those roads. That's the developers putting those roads in because I did get phone calls. Why are you paving yeah. this road? Why are you paving that road? Well, that's understandable if they don't know that the builder has to do that. And now the builder has to do it to city specifications, Correct. Right? They yeah. have to do it to a completely different specification. And so hopefully that we're not encountering the same problem. And I have people that have contacted me and said, hey, I just drove through this neighborhood and their streets look amazing. Yes, that's because they're very new, right? They just got built not too long ago. But even the newer neighborhoods before we started repairing roads like Cabazon, Loma, Colorado and Mariposa, those were the newest neighborhoods in the city, really mostly still under 20 years old. Each of those neighborhoods are still under 20 years old. Loma, Colorado is not that old. Mariposa is not that old. If you look back at the development agreements when they were originally kicked off, it's 2006, 2005, 2007. And so those communities kicked off. Those roads still experience the same cracking that some of the older neighborhoods did. And actually, I've driven some of the older neighborhoods that I think way back when, at some point in time, they were doing the roads right because I've been in some older neighborhoods where the roads actually are really quite smooth and yeah, they have cracks, but the cracks aren't split wide open eight inches wide. Yeah, We were lucky to get a couple of streets done. I think the the last street that got done before I took office was, I want to say it was Western Hills from, it was either Western Hills or Nicholas from Southern all the way up to where it connects to Western Hills goes all the way up and connects to Nicholas. And then Nicholas connects to Broadmoor. Broadmoor, yeah. Yeah. So I think, when you look back at some of the roads that had been done before I was in office, those were two kind of main ones that went through there. And those roads are still in pretty good shape. But if you look at the roads that we've done since I've been in office, it's time to go back and start maintaining those roads. For example, high resort is looking like it needs a little bit of work and we got to go in, maybe do a rejuvenation on that one or maybe a microsurfacing to clean it up a little bit, give it some extra oil Mm -hmm. to get the life expectancy out of it. Right. And that's what you want to do is you want to do the maintenance on those roads as well. And before I took office and like I said, that's been nine years ago, the work that we've done to build toward getting these roads fixed has been a very methodical planned process that is probably still going to take a dozen years after I'm gone. If I'm not mayor 10 years from now, somebody's still going to have to deal with this and you're going to have to go back to the beginning. <laughs> yeah, well, every mayor is going to have, well, let's put it this way. You look at 528 where they widened it. Right. It's already the, t- the tops wearing off. Right. And that's the state, but it, still that's, you know, it's a yeah, constant and that, and process. That, and that's only seven years old. Yeah. So it's not that old, but yes, the tops wearing off right there in front of 
that was that section they did from Southern up to Ridgecrest. Mm-hmm. And of course, now from Ridgecrest down to Northern, well, it looks nice amazing. New, yeah. yeah, it's nice and new. Yeah. But now we need to go back, and I don't know what the state's plans are just yet, but we will try to get them to go back and do a mill and inlay from Southern out to Ridgecrest like they just did. You remember a couple of years ago, they did 528 from Westside Boulevard all the way up to Southern. Yeah, in front of Intel there, and, and mm-hmm. that was beautiful. Yeah, yeah and, they, and that still looks wonderful right there, but that shows you what you can do when you do the appropriate maintenance. Mm-hmm. So a lot of roads on the horizon, a lot of roads being fixed, a lot of places being dug up. We are doing the best we can to get this done, and we're doing it being very, very, very careful about not raising taxes unnecessarily. Once again, I'm very proud of the fact that in nine years, we've only had to raise our GRT one eighth of 1% in nine years. And our current GRT rate is actually lower today than what it was when I took office. And so there's been a lot of great positive things that have happened that have helped us achieve these things. But the biggest thing that's really happened is we've grown the economy. We've grown it organically, Derek, without mm-hmm. saying, hey, if you want all this stuff fixed, you got to raise all your taxes. And look, I'm not saying that might not be an option in the future. If people want more roads fixed, we may have to talk about a slightly higher GRT. We may have to talk about these things, but that's going to be up to the public to decide, right? But right now, I feel confident that the work we're getting done is adequate. And the reason I feel that it's adequate is because, as I've told you on this show, and I've said it a hundred times, even if we had $1.5 billion in the bank, if you won the Powerball, which Mm -hmm. I think is getting up there, okay? And you said, Mayor, I'm going to give you a billion dollars. Now, I want you to go fix every road in the city. I'm just going to donate 100% of it to the city. You fix roads with it. It would still take 15 years to deploy all that money. Just because you hand me a check for a billion dollars doesn't mean I'm able, that I would have the asphalt available, that I would have the labor available, that the paving equipment would be available, that all the things necessary to fix the streets would be available. So anybody that goes out there and tells you, which by the way, we're going to start hearing some campaigning coming up here real soon as people start running for city council. Mm -hmm. And you always have those candidates that come knock on your door and say, if you elect me, I'll fix your street. Oh, okay. How are you going to do that? (laughs) Are you going to ask the question, where are you going to get the money? Are you going to take it from police? Are you going to take it from fire? Are you going to take it from the libraries? Are you going to take it from the parks? Are you going to take it from the senior citizens and shut down a senior center? All of these things have to be balanced when you think about the services that are put forward that a city runs off of. And so when people come by, it's easy to make idle promises, but where the rubber meets the road is what can you actually get done? And so we're going to keep plugging along. We're not slowing down. Costs are going up. So we're trying to move faster so that we can take advantage of lower costs right now, even though they're 20, 30, 40, 50% higher than they were just three or four years ago. You must see a little increase in grocery seats tax just because the price of everything goes up you know, everything we buy in town. And so, you know, the grocery seats is a percentage of the net of what I buy. Absolutely. So you do see some of those things going up because your cost is more expensive. So as a percentage, you're exactly right. Your grocery receipts revenues would go up where we've seen the biggest increase in grocery receipts revenue over the past few years has been the internet GRT. And we actually, it has been a few years. It's been one year and that's where the state finally put in place the grocery receipts tax on internet sales And now the local municipalities actually get that money from those sales. We weren't getting that money. 
So we've gotten that money and that was a big help to the city because last year we were able to put $5.5 million to roads that we never had before. This year we put $5.5 million to roads that we never had before. And let me also tell you that the roads, these mill and inlay roads that we've been repaving, not the big ones that we've been repaving like Spring or like High Resort or some of the big ones, but like St. Andrews Drive, McKinsey, the roads we listed off today, like mm-hmm. Pyrite. These are being paid for cash, Derek, cash. We're not financing these roads. So when people say, well, you know, if you're out of office in five years, it's just going to be all this debt. No, our debt has been reduced dramatically under my administration because I am big on not going out and borrowing for everything because I know that the more you borrow against your cash flows, the less cash you have available to actually fix stuff. So if you go out and put everything on the credit card, all you have is a big credit card payment. Well, and as we've all seen, the interest rates have gone way up just in the last few years. And so you'd be paying more interest. Correct. Which is our tax dollars. Correct. That's your tax dollars. So I'd rather pay cash for it and get the full value of it and not pay any money to the banks. So there's a lot going on. But if you guys are listening today or you just chimed in and you want to hear what all this stuff's going on and what we're talking about, especially around the roads, this show will be uploaded later to Spotify. You just go out and Google Greg Hull, Mayor of Rio Rancho podcast, and you can listen to all the roads that we're getting fixed all over the city. I have to shout out some kudos to all of our road crews out there that are working in this immense and intense heat. (laughs) but they're still getting the work done and so when you drive by give them a wave tell them thank you for for working in this hot 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 sun to get this done so that your lives will be a little bit better i was driving down riverside nicely newly paved and you've got the island in the middle and they planted some shrubbery there and there were guys out with the big safari hats city workers yeah and they had the the orange vest on and they were maintaining that yeah in this heat yeah. And I'm thinking, man, that, that can't be fun this time of year, but they were doing it. No, but it's got to be done. And so kudos to all the crews that are out there. Please, if you get a chance, give them a shout out in a positive way, not in a negative way. Yeah. They are trying their best to improve the city to make your life better. And they're uh, trying to very carefully and efficiently install the roads that you have paid for. And they're doing this work for you. And they're I think they're doing a really, really, really great job. And the more we can kind of put it out there that these construction workers that get out there in the heat are doing this work, the more you can just stop by, give them a shout out saying, thank you, thank you, thank you for all the work you're doing, as opposed to maybe a a honk and and an obscene gesture. Let's not do that, right? And I've forgotten to mention in a while that uh, if you're listening to us and you want me to ask the mayor a question, you can email it to me at info at kdsk.com. Absolutely. And next week I will ask the mayor your question. You can be anonymous if you want. Absolutely. So with that being said, though, Derek, I think that covers a lot. We've covered the events. We've covered the roads. There's a lot more coming. We've done a ribbon cutting. The economy's growing. The city's growing. And maybe in the next couple of weeks, we'll do a big housing update on where all the houses are being built because there's houses being built all over the city. And it's just incredible. But really, the city is in great shape. We went over some crime statistics a couple of uh, shows ago. You can go and pull that show up and go over those numbers as well. We live in one of the safest cities in the state. We're in one of the most livable communities in the United States. And I'm proud of Rio Rancho and I'm proud of the work that we've gotten done. 
And I know that not everybody thinks it's perfect. Well, no city is ever going to be perfect. No city. I've lived in many, 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 many cities throughout my life. Growing up, my dad moved us around a lot and there was never a perfect city. No, but some are better than others. That's true. And Rio Rancho is better than others. Okay. <laughs> Mayor Greg Hall of Rio Rancho. Thank you. All right, Derek. Thank you. You guys go out there, make it a great day and God bless.